Well, you only live once, maybe not. And this life right now might be all we've got. So let's contemplate the hereafter while we speculate with some laughter about this grim thing that happens to us all after that final curtain call. But before you take that final breath, let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and this episode today is actually pretty interesting. It kind of hit personally. Um, my guest is someone who basically talks very frankly about end of life um, and having, you know, the, the time to leave. Uh, we go over different things such as... Uh, checkout points, you know, where maybe you have pre-designated times where you can say, oh, this is one of my exit points. Nope, I'm going to just pass on that one. And we get into, you know, some different types of topics, um, all basically relating to death being very comfortable. Um, Not in the sense that it's not painful, but where getting prepared to die, you know, getting yourself ready to die mentally um, allowing others to have that comfort in you going. Uh, in fact, we get into the subject of my brother, uh, who he's coming up on a year having died of cancer. And, um, we had a little going away party, if you will. You know, it was nice. It was nice to be able to have a chance to say goodbye. Um, a lot of times people don't have that option. It was, uh, you know, with my friend James didn't have that option. Just all of a sudden found out one day he was gone. And with Pat, we at least had the opportunity to go. And, you know, it was it was pretty neat to be able to just hang out. Had the whole family there. You know, my to give you an idea, my siblings don't hang out on a regular basis. Um, in fact, before this whole situation with my brother Pat, the last time we had all been together was probably 30 years prior. So and there's seven of us. So, I mean, we're all over the country. It makes it hard. But it was still one of those things that it was unfortunate that it took something like that to bring us all together. But uh, if, if you are, you know, if you're somebody who, who has someone that you think might be kind of on their way out, you know, maybe just take that opportunity to, to, to reflect on some things. I mean, I did kind of have that option with my friend James where, you know, we, uh, we had one last time that we hung out. and It was kind of neat. You know, uh, we did a lot of the old good old days kind of thing. Who would have known that he was going, you know, two weeks later. But anyway, my... Uh, my guest today is Dr. Joanne Lefevre, and she is a veterinarian, and uh, she's got some very interesting takes on yeah, basically just, you know, how to end your life with dignity. So here's my conversation with Dr. Joanne Lefevre, and uh, enjoy. I think you're going to get some cool stuff out of this one. Joanne. Hey, Joanne. This is Tim with Let's Laugh About Death. How are you? Hey, not too bad. Is it okay to talk? <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm glad uh, glad you were able to join me. This is uh, very good. I heard your uh, episode with Chris on the uh, Coffee Over Suicide podcast, and I was like, yeah, I got to get her on my show. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm really grateful. It's it's fun what you do. I'm grateful that you're starting this platform, and um, yes, I it's a great topic that people need to hear about. Yeah. Thank you. And and I agree. And that's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, listening to what you guys discussed, it's, it kind of gave me the idea that you have a similar kind of concept of, of making it more, I guess demystifying it is one word, but also making it just, you know, less scary. It's, it's a fact of life. It's one of those things. It's kind of like, you know, saying, I want to avoid, I want to avoid, uh, you know, uh, sleeping tonight you know it's like you have to you yeah know? you have to die yeah. it's one of those things you know yeah so, absolutely but uh yeah uh that's I, I when you were talking well you know what before we even get into that because uh i've heard the episode uh i'd like my listeners to be able to get a little background on uh, on who you are uh if you could tell me a little bit about yourself well i'm uh i'm a vegan intuitive veterinarian and I try to empower all animals and humans to live in balance as one with the web of life. Uh, I grew up in Canada, uh, but I found my way down south in Florida because I love the weather down here. So <laughs> I've been in the States for um, 16 years and, um, you know, learned English in the process and just tried to really uh, experience everything that I can while I can because life is definitely short, and now I'm already feeling old. People are calling me ma'am, and I'm not ready for that. <laughs> no, I, I get you. I, I, uh, uh, I was just uh, on Facebook yesterday. Somebody posted something about you know age and that, and I'm like, yeah, my brain still thinks it's 26, but my body's like, nope, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I agree. <laughs> 40 is a big threshold to pass, and you're, that's when you start training your muscles sleeping you know you wake up and it's like okay i'm definitely not young anymore <laughs> exactly that's I, I i tell people it's like 40 is when the warranty wears out you know that's when it's over everything just starts yep. breaking so but uh, <laughs> yeah no that's uh my, my wife is vegan as well uh she has been for probably about 15 years now she's been vegetarian since she was uh Oh, geez, since she was in high school. And um, and then she decided to go full vegan about 15, 16 years ago. So, um, yeah, definitely a kindred spirit with you on that whole concept. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, so, oh, so you're ahead. vegan too then? Or? I'm, I am not. I'll be honest with you. I'm not. But I, I am very oh, – yeah. I'm a vegan sympathizer though. Um, I don't – seriously. And, and I will eat vegan. At home, we eat vegan. You know, I'm not one of these types who will be like, well, I'll have a steak and she can make her vegan garbage. It's like, no, we eat what she eats. You know, and my son is kind of in the middle. He's he's vegetarian, essentially, because he'll eat stuff with cheese. He was vegan for the longest time, but now he, uh, you know, he'll eat stuff with cheese. Uh, uh, but for the most part, I would still say 80% of our diet's vegan. It's it's a journey. It's a, definitely a process. And uh, yeah. we have different cravings, and so I have a whole theory of what we eat and when and so based on personalities too and different concepts but uh, yeah it's a journey so it's fun that um yeah your wife uh, we seem to have a lot in common yeah definitely definitely and well and and one of the things that i've noticed is uh 
Um, and with all these new developments with vegan types of products and that, um, now in terms of a health base, in terms of, you know, preservatives and things like that, I don't know how good they are, but like that, uh, um, that meat that they've got, I've been seeing it pop up at a lot of places. It supposedly tastes just like meat. She won't eat that because even something that tastes like meat grosses her out. You know, if it tastes, cause she doesn't like the taste either because it makes her think, okay, this is a dead animal. So like it, like the hot dogs, the fake, the vegan hot dogs, she won't touch those cause they, the, the taste grosses her out. So, but for someone who is, you know, former, former meat eater, uh, meat eater, uh, uh, that it's a great switch. And, uh, you know, and I don't have a problem eating those. Uh, I went to a, uh, Chris, Chris and his wife and I went to a uh, restaurant here that had some chicken wings and I got some of the vegan ones and. Honestly, I thought they were really good. I almost liked them better than the regular chicken wings. So, yeah, and then there is a healthy vegan options, and then not so healthy vegan options. So I still try to be careful with all the processed stuff, you know, and eating eating what nature intended us to eat, like an apple, and trying to make it organic, and uh, instead of you know just fake or processed or. Uh, products that have preservatives in them, so really trying to stick to yeah what nature intended. Oh, um, yeah. But a bag of a bag of chips here and there that's always hits the spot too. So we're not perfect. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But but you can't just have a bag of potato chips and go, hey, they're vegan. You know, you can't do that all the time either. Because <laughs> yeah, it really comes down to you know it really comes down to what is healthy. Um, and and I'll be honest with you, I. Uh, uh, my health took a turn, not really bad, but, you know, bad enough uh, a couple years back. And um, I had actually developed diabetes. And I'm still one of those people who's kind of on the threshold, you know. Uh, but I was able to reverse. Uh, there's a diet with a, a doctor that my uh, wife follows. And he is, he's not vegan, but he says, your best bet is vegan. You know, your best bet is, he's, uh, his name is Dr. Furman. And, uh, and he basically says, you know, eat vegetables. If you're going to do meat, make it a garnish. Don't make it your main thing. You know, he's like the, the, the food pyramid is upside down. Salad should be your biggest meal. Salads, fruits, vegetables, things like that should be your biggest, you know, uh, uh, element of your meals. And, uh, I did this diet called reversing diabetes in 20 days. Now, granted, I was just, you know, in just right into the threshold of diabetes, but, uh, I turned all my numbers around within less than a month. Lost wow, a ton of weight. That's wonderful. Yeah, so I mean, you can solve a lot with diet. So I'm I'm completely yeah. with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, now that this turned into a nutrition program, um <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's all related, you know, because uh, totally. you, you are what you eat. Yes. And uh what you eat can kill you too. So oh yeah, we're 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 on the topic. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. let food kill you. <laughs> well, and eventually, I mean, let's be honest. What you eat eventually leads to you know the end of the journey, which is the topic of this story or this show, rather. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's it. But it's again, it's it's one thing that you had discussed on the other uh, the other episode is a quality of life. It's like, okay, how how much of a quality of life do you want? I remember. Uh, about about five, six years ago, I, I used to work at a hospital and I worked third shift and I used to deliver these reports around the hospital. And I remember seeing this product. Yeah, they had like a, a medical supply shop that was open to the public, but it was, you know, it was closed, but they had products in the window. And this was inside the hospital and I'm walking by and they said uh, there was a product that said, live the golden years you want to live. And I'm thinking, that's a kind of dark comment because it's kind of saying yeah you might live to 85 but the last 20 years of your life might suck 
Yeah, it's it's really quality over quantity. And yeah. I I was I'm never one who wants to live to be a hundred because I think getting old is overrated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially especially in the modern way of living, where the medical system has kind of forgotten that dying is part of the process. So we're so good at keeping the body going no matter what. Yeah. And that's not fair. That's there is a. I really feel like we have some exit doors, and a lot of uh, psychics or you know spiritual people um, have come up with the concept. And but I've seen it with the animals also, and people around me where you go through your journey of life, which is like a book, so a series of chapters. Mm-hmm. And I really feel that you do have some exit doors where those are the only times in your life that you might choose to exit and die. I and completely to, agree. Yes. You know, and that explains so much when you see how how somebody uh, survived uh, just a, the, the worst car crash ever. Like, you should have been dead. And then somebody else die of something stupid, uh, you know, like take, just falling down, for you know, example. So oh, it seems like... Yeah. There is, you know, the exit door is there, and uh, so I see it in animals too. And so often, it's it is related to the end of a life chapter, uh, which you know, in concrete terms, let's say of what I've seen. Well, if you're, you know, you've learned a life lesson, and now like you're 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 losing your job, or you choose to move on with another job, uh, you move to a different state. Uh, an animal, your animal might die because okay, his life purpose is done. Uh, you're pregnant, having your first child. It's not. It's very common when that's when an animal will die as well. And it's like, well, it makes sense. Um, the animal has been with you. You're and now you have a baby, and it's a new life chapter beginning. So, animals kind of take that exit door. Yeah. Um. So when when you understand and look for the reason, or oh, is this an exit door? Like, does it make sense why an animal or a person would be ready to go? It it helps you realize what's happening and makes peace with the process of dying more easily. Absolutely. Well, and, and I believe in the concept of like, uh, you know, multiple dimensions and, 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 and universes as a possibility. You know, I'm open to any possibility of what's going on because that's one thing that I that I kind of talk about on, on my podcast is we don't really know what is after this until we're there. And so for all we know, in this reality – you you know if you got in a car wreck or like for example me I had I I can count at least a good half dozen what I would refer to as exit points and I've thought about getting into that on on a topic at at more length uh, but yeah the the concept of a of a car wreck you know my wife was in a car wreck where she flipped off of the highway upside down into a ditch full of water I mean a ditch where you couldn't see her she came out without a scratch. There were oh two my guys. God, yeah. Yeah. You know, there were two guys yeah, who stopped yeah. and they were like, you should have been dead. The guy was in tears yeah. because he was like, holy crap, you actually survived that, you know? And, uh, but yeah, you hear about other people. There was a, there was a case where this one guy got punched and landed on the back of his head on the cement dead, you know? Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. But uh, animals, it, when it comes to animals, I definitely think that animals are a lot more in tune than people give them credit. Um, uh, my, my, um, we had four cats and a dog, and the oldest cat died a few years back, but then we had a second cat who just died suddenly. The first one, it was a quality of life. He had, he had a mouth tumor, um, could barely eat, was just emaciated and everything, and so we were like, okay, it's time to take him in. But then the other cat, he was thin, but he was still pretty, um, 
pretty, you know, virile. He, he, he would move around. He would play like a kitten sometimes. You know, he was about 14 years old at the, at the time or so. And then one day we were, we were literally going to go take – and I think this was kind of like everything lined up on purpose, almost like, again, their exit points. They're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to have everything happen just so you can see how this happens here. Um, she and I were talking, my wife and I, we were talking. We're like, you know what? The cast name was Neptune. We're like, why don't we just go get him some hot dogs or something? Let's just start putting some meat on him. Let him eat what he wants. It's a quality of life thing. It's let him, let's let him get whatever he wants. We literally went to the laundry room to get, you know, to get some clean clothes. And all of a sudden he collapses and we're like, whoa, what's going on? And then we pick him up and a little bit, five minutes later, he goes and hides behind a couch, just like cats do, you know, um, when they, when they're feeling, you know, when they're about to die or when they're sick, um, and, uh, and we brought him out, we coaxed him out and all of a sudden he collapsed again and he was just, he was pretty much going. And so we put him in a cat carrier, started driving him to the vet and he died right in the car. Probably 15 minutes from the time we said, let's go get hot dogs to that point. He was dead. And the thing that was crazy was we have a dog who she knew what was going on because all of a sudden she developed well, she's had it, but we didn't know her Addison's disease manifested because of his death. And for those listening, um, Addison's is basically, and in fact, you know what? You could explain it better, but basically, uh, obviously, I'm being a veterinarian. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, in fact, I'll have you do that because I would like to know exactly what's going on with that or at least a better understanding of what's going on. But but she, we got back and she was shaking and freaking out and was just acting strange. And we're like, what is going on with her? Because... That was the cat of all of them that she got along with the least, but they started, you know, kind of warming up a little bit a few months before he died. And, uh, but we wouldn't have known this happening. And, and when we brought her into the vet, they were like, if you didn't bring her in tonight, she probably would have died overnight. So it's kind of, it's amazing. So if you could, what exactly, I know it has something to do with the adrenal gland, uh, adrenaline glands and things like that. So. Yeah. So Addison's disease is when the body is not producing stress hormones. So when you're in a stressful situation where you need to produce adrenaline, you know, it's like flight or fight response. You have to uh, act and uh, save yourself. Your body just collapses because you don't have that ability to get that adrenaline rush going in your body. That makes you lift a car or, you know, having extra powers to run super fast and save your life. So when the body is not able to produce those hormones, then you crash. You know, the body just collapses. And luckily, luckily, uh, yeah, if we're able to save the body, then there is medication that mimics those hormones. It's not typically a disease that uh, the body will recover from and start producing those hormones, but we can supplement with medication. So, yeah, and it can happen, be diagnosed, unfortunately, just in those stressful moments where, and sometimes it's too late, you know, the, yeah, the, the person or the animal dies before it can be diagnosed. Uh, but, yeah, it's very common, like you mentioned, that animals will hide to die. And that's a very, it's very common in the wild. Wild animals will retreat from the pack. And the pack will also retreat from the dying one for a, for safety reason, too. Like, hey, you're mm-hmm. dying. Uh, we need to save ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But, they're going to slow them you know, down, basically. Right. Uh, but also for the dying one, it's much easier to die alone and and I see that, you know, with people also, and, and, and people yeah. are always so bummed when their loved one dies while they took a two-minute break to <laughs> from watching over them to go to the bathroom. Yeah, And then they yeah. come back and, you know, uh, but it's very common, and it's okay, it's okay, you know, and 
Same thing with animals. A lot of times they'll be they'll die at home while the owner is just left for work. And uh, because dying is not easy, and if you can just be by yourself and not have the well, the pressure of your loved ones also yeah. kind of not giving you permission to go. And that's one of the advice I give people a lot. Give your loved one, whether it's a human or an animal, permission to die. Because when they're ready, let's face it, you know, they need to go. And what's worse than dying is suffering. And if you just tell them, no, don't go, I'm not ready. You know, of course, it's. I understand the pain, you know, but it's also we need to be selfless. Because we don't want our loved one to suffer. And so it's, it's powerful when you just tell someone, hey, I know, you know, I'll miss you. I love you, but please go when you're ready to go. And it allows the spirit to just leave the body much quicker. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that we, I wasn't in the room when it happened. I was young. I was about 11 when my uh, dad finally died. Uh, he had had health problems for about 10 years before that. But that exact same, exact thing you said um, we, you know, he, he lingered on for about three days in a coma, pretty much brain dead, you know, um, and, uh, uh, no response. There was no way he was coming out of it. And finally my sister was there. My mom was there. It was just the two of them. And she's like, you know what, Kevin, we're going to be fine. And two breaths later, he was dead. No, and it's, yeah. And it's a, it's an extreme blessing and it takes a lot of strength, obviously, oh, yeah. you know? And so, um, I'm grateful for him that your mom was able to say, just take care of yourself, you know, because it's terrible to watch somebody die when you, you're you completely powerless otherwise. Yeah. So, um, do you know we have more chances of dying on our birthday, too? That was scientifically proven. And really? I see it with animals. Yeah. And it makes sense to me because it's the cycle of life and death. You know, you show up here on, you know, your birthday, you're born. Mm-hmm. And then so many years later, the cycle is kind of completed. And so I see that with animals a lot when people adopt a puppy like for Christmas and then 14 years later it's Christmas time and that's when uh, we have to help them with euthanasia. Or So I, I'm always fascinated to ask families and pet owners like how did you adopt your pet yeah. and why did you choose your pet and then the cycle of hey it's 4th of July and that's when they uh, adopted or that's when the puppy was born and then 4th of July again many years later. So that's another sign. There's so many signs and synchronicities that I share in my in my book about helping to help us know where you're at on your life journey and when is the right time to die. You know, to choose euthanasia, for example, or uh, what are we fighting for, quality of life or quality of death. So it's really fascinating because we're all connected. Um, you know, when my grandpa died, um, Al started appearing. Uh, all over, all over my mom's life, for example, and and she really felt comforted that that was like my my grandpa's way of being with her, and she would mm. see owls everywhere, and other people have shared with me similar things, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some somebody that they loved uh, loved playing golf, and then this person dies, and they start finding golf balls in random <laughs> places, and it's like a little blink from heaven, you know, a little hug, like here I'm still here. And people will even smell the perfume or Definitely. the pipe smell. You know, it's so it's so amazing. Well, that you know, and that's the thing is that I I was talking with a friend of mine at work about this whole concept. Is he said he went uh, he went camping, and he uh, uh, all of a sudden it felt like his uncle was sitting by him. The uncle that would was a big outdoors enthusiast and. Uh, uh, enthusiast rather and uh uh you know and he taught him how to make fires and he taught him how to do all that kind of stuff and he was like he was he was right there and i'm like well it's because he was you know because the thing is is that and more than just in a in a in a you know uh uh 
I, I'll use the term woo-woo kind of thing because I believe in the woo-woo stuff, but a lot of people go, yeah, whatever. But in terms – if you if you think of it from a scientific standpoint, there are frequencies that our brainwaves work on. And so he picked up on the frequency possibly of his uncle, and it's kind of like when you hear a familiar song. You know, I think it's I think it's more than just, oh, I feel like he's here with me. It's like, no, he probably is because he's probably communicating with you be through that commonality of making a fire. You know, um, whether he's physically there or not physically, but spiritually there or just in the sense that his his atoms and electrons and all that stuff are with you. You know, it's just absolutely yeah there's there's so much more to all this and people realize. And yes, we are all connected. We're all made of the same protons and neutrons and electrons and dust and particles and elements and everything you know and, and that's it's the stuff that we fight over is so trivial it, it's like hot water hating cold water you know it's stupid uh, yeah you know the we are we are made of star stuff um, yes. there was a, a post online too that was so amazing they were showing pictures of the universe and the different galaxies and then showing pictures of our eyes and our brain cells and how they look the same you oh, know yeah. and it it, it's really beautiful. It makes sense. And I really see, you know, when you leave this body, you go back home. Um, and it's really comforting to me because I, uh, I mean, I miss it. You know, we're, we're here to do some good, some oh, good yeah. but it's also going to be good to go back home where um, we're all, I don't know, connected and just aware of what's going on and why Definitely. we came on this earth. And um, so animals are amazing, too, because I see their behaviors. Also, when uh, another, let's say, a friend of an animal dies at home and then the cat that's left behind will start playing with the wind, you know, playing with like a spirit friend visiting or <laughs> uh, a dog would bark at, you know, nobody there. Um, and so people tell me amazing stories that always warms my heart. Uh, when I do, um, I've done a few um, euthanasias outside. And uh, people, you know, we, we were at the park one time to euthanize this kitty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there were a bunch of geese hanging out at the pond. And when the cat died, like I gave them a keychain and the soul left the spirit, all the geese started honking, like quacking. And wow. I mean, it gave me chills. Wow. And it was so beautiful. Yeah. And I, so I experienced that with um, dogs. Also, we were outside in somebody's backyard. And then all the dogs in the neighborhood started barking when uh, the, the one dog died. Wow. Uh, so it's it's really cool. It's just so amazing. It's and and they they just heard that that familiar song. They heard that frequency. They felt that presence. Yes. That's, yeah. 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 Well, you know, welcome or yeah, we're we're with you. You know, good job or well done or. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I I hate that we forget because we're all connected too, and children, you know, are so in tune. Oh yeah. Because they they don't. They don't know what it is to be an adult. Society hasn't kind of ruined them yet. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all subconscious. They're on that they're subconscious level. Yeah, and they're just yeah, strictly they're, their heart. Yeah. And so, yeah, they share, you know, and even my niece and nephews, you know, have shared how, like, sometimes they have seen spirits in the house and not necessarily mm-hmm. good spirits. Sometimes oh, sometimes yeah. I think it was one of my grandparents, but some uh, some other, other person was hearing them and, uh, you know, my sister has worked with some 
uh, psychics or energy, you know, some Ghostbusters, you would call them. To, to hey, I'm, I'm a Ghostbuster. I've actually, uh, one of the things I do on the side is I got a, a series of movies uh, up on Amazon called Haunted Saginaw. I'm one of the crew members. <laughs> oh, so, well, no, that's cool. Because yeah, yeah. They, these spirits need help being escorted exactly. uh, into the light. You know, they're they're hanging on for somebody or something. I really believe that. There is a reason why they're sticking around. I completely do. And and sometimes it's just the fact that I don't think, I think sometimes they don't realize they're dead. Also, yeah. Also, you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's exactly it. I mean, there's that, all of those kinds of things um, uh, really come into play when it comes to the interconnection between everything, you know? And uh, uh, I think the going back to what you said earlier about you know kids they're so more open minded they see those things from from beyond my son used to he used to stand up in his in his uh crib when he was like a year out year old or so and he would point up in the corner and it was a character you know or whatever named tom and uh oh. yeah and he would just sit there and say tom <laughs> we're like who is tom and and one time one time, this is crazy. Actually, now that I think about it, one time he was in a car accident uh, with my with my mother in law. They got t boned going down the road, and um, and he started developing this like almost like seizure type of uh, 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 type of uh, uh, activity. And we took him in uh, to have it checked out, and fortunately it cleared up. Everything was fine. But um, my uh, uh, one of my sister in laws. Um, was talking to a psychic friend of hers and she says, Oh yeah, no, he had, he had a, uh, a spirit with him and it wasn't Tom. And we were like, her jaw dropped. She's yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> so she knew about Tom. It's like crazy, you know? So yeah, there's just, we're, we're so close minded as a, as a, as a species, you know, well, not all of us. We, there are some, you know, there's some societies that aren't. And it's just a balance, you know, of course we have amazing brain power and, We've pushed our brains to the limit. Now we're just like so in our brains that we oh, forgot yeah. about our heart and our gut and our intuition. And so it's just using all of the organs and the frequencies. Like you said, you know, we're all a, there's so much energy traveling. And I mean, ultimately, what one thing that I've learned in life is that you do get warnings about, um, you know, accidents or illnesses or bad things that are about to happen. Oh, yeah. And we often dis- dismiss them. And it's like, oh, no, there's no way I'm going to do this or you know you don't want to go on a trip but you just feel bad about saying no and you completely dismiss your own truth mm-hmm. and you you go you do something that is against what you want and then you get hurt and you're like oh I should have listened to my own intuition and so uh, I've become better at it because I've I've had a few you know scary moments where and it's just the guilt you're so mad at yourself because you knew better yeah and, yeah and, you know, science can't prove or disprove, but I know for my own set of, you know, I, I've been with my body for, and I've tested how far I can push it. <laughs> and you reach, you know, some limits and yeah, you're like, okay, let's just be smart because I do enjoy, I'm enjoying this journey and I don't, I'm not ready for it to end. You know, I want yeah. another maybe tw- 20 years or something and then I might. I might decide to kick the bucket before I get too too old and decrepit, but we'll see what the world looks like then. But you know, <laughs> you, you said it, you said an interesting thing right there. I might decide to kick the bucket because, yeah, ultimately we do have the choice. You know, um, I mean, whether it's yeah. we, whether we we you know do it intentionally or we do it subconsciously or you know we uh, uh, 
the body knows. The body just knows when it's time. It's like, okay, I'm 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 ready to go. You know, I I had a I had a brother uh, who passed away last year. I had a lot of lot of death. That's what actually prompted this podcast. I had two close friends and and a, a sibling die within four months of each other. And uh, uh, my brother, he knew he was going. I would have loved to have gotten him on this interview because he he has the same kind of weird sense of humor as, or had the same kind of sense of humor as I did or do, and uh, uh, he would have completely talked very frank about it. He 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 had developed some kind of they thought it was lung cancer. They thought it was some you know uh, 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 it it basically manifested as a whole bunch of different forms of cancer. And he was a smoker, you know. Of course, and people are like, "Why are you still smoking?" He's like, "I've got stage four cancer. There's no coming back. Why should I? Why should I at least?" you know, not enjoy Be this. miserable. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. let me at least have this. And I'm like, I completely get it. So he ended up, uh, yep. he could have extended his life a little bit longer. And he was like, you know what? No, I'm going to take my family on a vacation. So he took two weeks before he died. He was on a cruise down in Florida. In fact, uh, uh, they went on like, you know, uh, like some local cruises and did a whole bunch of vacationing stuff and had, had a very great time. It was a good last memory for his, uh, at least the two kids that were able to go with him. You know, and I believe if you're going to go out and you know you're going out, go out with a bang. Yeah, I agree. And one of my clients actually was like a nurse to help the the dying ones. And so he was the one in charge of the pain medications. And mm-hmm. the, so he would, so it was always so fun to listen to him tell me how he would load them up, like be, be high and be happy and go on that trip. You know, he would try to buy them the last memories of feel good while you can. Yes. And, yes. Uh, so that was so heartwarming. It doesn't have to be so sad and, oh, God, we're dying, you know. It has it can be a celebration of life. Um, my uh, my basketball coach, when I was a teenager, lived grand like your, like your brother, you know, just had fun. And he was in charge of all the sports in college. And he didn't have any children, so we were his children. And he just nice. wanted us to make us have the best life experiences. And and he took us to, uh, he snuck us into the casino. We were underage and he just <laughs> wanted us to experience it. Yeah. He really, uh, you know, he, he was a good person. And unfortunately he died when we were still in college. Um, but he planned his funeral the way he planned his whole life. You know, he wanted it to be a party and he kept the fun in funeral. Nice, um, nice, <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> so it was bittersweet. You know, we were all having a party and, uh, sad, you know, crying, laughing, and still today, I mean, I think about him, and I'm just so grateful for the way he lived and the way he died, because really, that's the way to do it. Um, so that's what I wish everybody, you know. Absolutely, I've I've heard of people who have terminal illness, uh, uh, who will when they when you say plan their own funeral, they'll have their funeral before they die, you know, oh, when they're, oh yeah, you know, and, and, when they're alive. Yeah, but you're alive, so you can enjoy it. Why? Why be? T- it's kind of like an, I, I liken it to like the artists who become famous after they're dead. What good does that do them? You know, I agree. So I it's agree. like let the people yeah. who are dying hear what you have to say about them. Don't feel self conscious because you know what? I cried in front of a room full of people when my friend James died. I wouldn't do that when he was alive, but I didn't know he was dying, or I didn't know he, you know, he died suddenly. But it's like. People, people, when someone's dead, it almost seems like they've got the permission to then, okay, now you can be emotional. It's like, no, you know what? Be emotional. Yeah. Say everything you want to say to the person when they're alive. If you have that opportunity and the person knows they're dying, take that opportunity and do it. I completely agree. No, you're, you're on to definitely that's got to be the way of doing it and a celebration while the person is still alive. And then, then that's what it, it's the time for everybody to 
stop what they're doing, get on a plane, wherever you are, just come and enjoy that last moment with exactly not with a dead body, but yeah. with the person that you love. Yeah, that's um, yeah, I exactly. Like that. Well, we we kind of did that with my brother. We did a fundraiser um, for his um, uh, uh, for the cancer treatments and that. Um, but we all knew he didn't have a lot of time left. So it was at least, it was kind of a way for us to do that. You know, they had it at a, my, my brother was one of these guys that after he left the family, he, uh, uh, went and he married this woman. They were living down in Illinois and he was a different guy that we knew. I mean, we knew Pat as a fun guy and everything, but he was like the town, he was one of the town heroes. It was like all these events would be put on by him. He was the, the coach and the, this and that and like 200 people, 250 people showed up to his funeral. It was like going to the funeral for a celebrity, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, but we had this event back in August. Uh, he died, uh, uh, I think the 24th last year and like the beginning of August. So we're talking, this was, you know, weeks before he died. Um, we had an event and he was there. He was in pain, but he was in good humor. You know, so we were able to kind of do that. We didn't officially call it a funeral because we yeah. were hoping he had a <laughs> yeah. little more time, you know, but we all yeah. knew, we all knew this was probably the last time we're going to see him alive, you know? And and that's good that he felt loved and able to just like to be vulnerable. And of course he looks like hell, you know, he's weak and exactly. he's sick, but nobody cares. You know, everybody is just really focusing on the love and the fact that he's still there and you can hold his hand and, and give him, you know, kiss him, hug him. And he can really feel like, like he's ready to go, um, because I definitely, it's helping him pass. A lot of dying people hang on to unfinished business, you know? But when you're able to give up, to make them, okay, what's, what's left on your bucket list and who, who do you need to talk to and make uh, peace with? And, and you can really clear everything. Uh, it allows for a peaceful passing. And I, I've helped a few people pass, a few pet owners pass by euthanizing their animals when, you know, everybody is sick and the owner is dying, the animal is dying, mm-hmm. and they're both sa- sacrificing for one another. The, the animal won't die because it's, die, it's there for their own, for, for his owner, gotcha. and the owner can't die because it's there for the animal. They can't let go of one another. And so I was called to help, and I euthanized the animal, and in both, like, two, two situations I can remember vividly, it didn't even take a day, you know, in one situation, it took just a few hours and the pet owner was able to let go because finally her animals were at peace and she was ready. So that was really wonderful. That, yeah, that's, it, it's really sad when you go to a, when you go to like a, um, a pet, uh, adoption center and you see a pet that's, you know, old, uh, you know, maybe not, maybe not 18 years old, but you know, 12 years old. And you can tell it's probably a chance. I mean, yeah, there's probably the case that there's the asshole who just dumped them off, you know, and then that, that bothers me too. But you know, there are cases where the owner died and they just don't have a home for him, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. And, and you can only hope in those situations, you know, what I think of when I see that is, uh, did that animal get a chance to say goodbye and to grieve to spend time with the body of its owner. Yeah. Because a lot of times people die in the hospital and nobody thinks about the animal that will grieve and that will be waiting at the door. Like, Hey, where is he? Co- when, when is he coming home? Um, so it brings a lot of stress and anxiety to those animals that they just have no closure. So yeah. I try really hard, you know, to promote that. I talk about it in my book and just beware that animals grieve and they need to know if they're, so when I do euthanasia at home, it's so nice to have the rest of the animals there because they'll do their own thing. They'll come close or they'll go away, but they'll know one way or another 
that, okay, this animal died and now the dynamic has changed in the house and it brings them some comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they they will they will celebrate when the bully dies. I've seen that too, and it's always it's funny. You know, it's it's the same as people. I mean, when the you know the asshole that's been just ruining your life or you know picking on you uh, dies, well, finally you get a chance to breathe and to have the whole territory in the house. And so oh, animals yeah. are just like us. You oh, know? absolutely! All um, all of our our animals moved up in the pecking order. I've got a cat mm-hmm. now who was terrified of me, would hiss at me all the time. Um, he's, he's 17. We had, three of our cats were from the same litter. So the one that died that I was describing uh, uh, you know, suddenly was from the same litter. Um, but they all, when, when the alpha, who was the oldest one, died, they all kind of moved up in a rank. And, and they all <laughs> slowly – they all – like, like um, so we had – I'll just name them off. We had Orbit. We had Saturn, Neptune, and Orion. And so <laughs> my, my wife, she went with the whole astrological thing. Um, anyway, um, Orbit died. Saturn moved up. Neptune moved up. He got a little bit more close with me. And Orion got to the point where he was at least tolerable of me. Well, when Neptune died, Orion moved up. Now he'll let me pick him up. He'll let me hug on him. He'll let me, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of wild because yeah. Neptune was his bully. They were brothers. They'd sleep together and all that kind of stuff, but he was still his bully. Um, and so, yeah, he was able to, he's able to roam the apartment and roam, you know, the, our house when we were still living in Michigan uh, uh, more freely. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, kind of wild how, how they will, their personalities will almost change. You know, I guess it's it would be no different yeah. from somebody who gets out of an abusive relationship. Completely. You know, completely. That's a now. You mentioned your book. Uh, uh, what is the title of the book? There. So it's called Animal Teachings from Haley's Angels Methods. Um, Haley was my dog. Who she she was the first animal I euthanized at home, and um, I she put me uh, she she put me on this journey after she died of starting the in-home euthanasia service that we call the Haley's Angels. And I had never really believed or, you know, I, in the spirit world until she died. And I felt, I felt her pushing me into that direction. And that's when I started realizing, okay, there's definitely more than what meets the eye here because of how this, this whole service came together. It was not my idea at all, but people started calling me and, you know, we're all connected. And so I had to really, embrace the challenge and I was really scared. I didn't know what I was doing and I really had to kind of trust in, in Haley's spirit and just say, okay, I'm surrendering and mm-hmm. let's hope for the best and let me see where that takes me. And that was amazing. So I felt like, I feel like animals have always given me the best answers in, about existential questions in life. And I've always been one of those children who has a lot of questions <laughs> that my parents could never answer. But animals have always given me the best answers, so I had I felt to share the need to share in this book. And the way the book came together too, um, it's amazing because I had a series of like about five psychics or mediums who called me to go euthanize their pet at home, and they all had uh, written written books. So they were authors, and little by little, uh, I grew into that next life chapter of okay, I, I let me do this. You know, I feel empowered to. I need to share so. That's been really good because a lot of things that nobody teaches us, you know, vet school didn't teach me. And then so animals have really always had a, a big place in my life. And they still uh, teach me more than people, I find. So there will be a book number two that <laughs> nice. I started writing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, it's fun. And in the go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I just <laughs> I I was going to add just the fact that yeah, you, animals teach you how to purely love. Period. They keep you grounded. They make you a better person. They keep you silly. You know, we oh, live yeah. in the world of such like judgments and oh my god, I can't really show my true colors. What are what are the people going to think about me or what are they going to say? And when you're around animals, my god, you can just be you. Be silly, roll in the mud, you know, yes, like, who cares? Yes. Just have, have fun with life. Have I fun with it. completely agree. I sing oh. to my cats, you yeah. know? I mean, oh, <laughs> and my dog, wonderful. you know, goofy, <laughs> stupid songs that I would never sing in public, you know? But it's just things <laughs> like that, you know? I'm making a peanut butter and jelly, and I'm singing to my dog about it, you know? Just dumb things like that. So, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's you know, and that's the other thing is, is you know, um, with the whole concept of, of with animals and them teaching and and there's such a, I mean, there's wearing your heart on your sleeve and then there is just being completely just pure, you know? I mean, yeah, they, they could teach you so much about yourself. They could teach you how many times do you see, you know, uh, uh, instances where you've got someone who is, you know, miserable and they, you put a kitten in their arms and all of a sudden they light up or I've seen, I've seen videos of, uh, old folks homes, you know, retirement homes. Uh, I shouldn't say retirement uh-huh. homes, but yeah, they'll bring in a bunch of kittens and all of a sudden the room just lights up and they just, they're almost more aware. Yeah. And more alive. And more alive. Um, I, yeah. I, I lived in a town where it was really a, t- a retiree town mm-hmm. and all my clients were retired and oh my God, they had really lost the zest for life because they did not feel like they contributed anymore. They, they had no purpose. And so living in the world that we live in, you know, a lot of stray animals. And so the animal shelter was born in this town and all these retired people volunteered, started volunteering and they're running the shelter even as today. And that's been like, my God, at least 10 years nice. that the shelter has been going. And all these people are going to live longer because yeah. now they have a new, new, new purpose. And exactly. it's amazing. Uh, they all feed one of one another. Um, I have a lot of animals, too, that go to schools for children to help them read mm. because children will read to animals way better than they'll want to read to adults because adults are judgmental. Judge- they might I make them exactly. feel bad about themselves. And yeah. So animals make us feel like we can just be, we don't have to impress anybody. They give us unconditional patience and totally. support and love. And yeah, so no wonder I have more animal friends than people friends. But. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I, I, I saw a video on YouTube one time of a similar kind of thing with, a, it was, I want to say it was over in the UK or uh, somewhere in Europe, I believe, where they had these old people who would come in. I think they would bust them in. It's been a few years since I've seen it, but they would bust them in and they would, they would take care of these geese and they would harvest the eggs and uh, maybe it was chickens even, but they would harvest the eggs. They would, they would treat, you know, take care of them, pet them, all that. And again, it gave them purpose. And, and like you said, from the beginning of the conversation, it's that quality of life. When people have a purpose, they're going to have a better quality of life. When people have no more purpose, then all they do is just rot. Yeah, and love, like being in a relationship, being in a healthy relationship, that's been proven yeah. scientifically also to prolong life. Oh, yeah. Um, and I and I do believe that some people com- commit uh, commit suicide. I, you know, I would say if when you're in a toxic relationship, uh, one of the, like, people will die to escape it if they are not able to just get a divorce or move on. Yeah. Uh, illness, illness will creep in, and that will be kind of the way to escape, but... I, I feel bad when I see that because it doesn't have to be that, that way. You know, you could still choose life and get away from that toxicity. 
but I've seen it where, you know, people will end up just dying because it's their way of, of escaping yeah. the other, the abusive situation. And it, and it comes back to what yeah. you talked about earlier about, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> exit points and being able to choose. If you can yeah. stress yourself up to the point where you get sick and then you, ex- you know, you exit, that's, that's a way of choosing your way out. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it may not be the most ideal way and it may not even be a conscious way. But it's your body, it's your spirit saying, okay, you need out of this. Yeah, and, you know, I I think we do come back. That's what animals seem to think that they have shown me. And I've done some some soul-searching or past-life regression, you mm-hmm. might say, that uh, I really feel like some people that I've met here and some animals, too, I've, I've known from way, way back when. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, and children... Like again, you know, they will tell you, "Oh yeah, so I lived as a Chinese person." I, That's you know, they will tell you details you about yeah. their past life. I've I've talked about that. In fact, uh, um, I yeah, there. I, I don't want to get into it again, but basically, long story short, yeah, I think we all. I personally think we all come around more than once. Yeah, know? and it's 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 fascinating because when you figure a few things out of what you've been before or animal that you might have been, like I see that it explains so much about your personality today yeah, and some behaviors that you have. And, you know, I have a, a friend who loves the ocean and she loves water and she's a powerful swimmer. And she, she, she really strongly believes she was an orca before she has this amazing passion Nice. and different, different people who I have helped like different pet owners and what animal they are attracted to saving and, or what breed of dog. And they, you know, they say uh, people look like their animals and I see that. And I always yeah. think, well, they must have been that animal before because now they're here to really speak, be the voice of the voiceless. And I've helped a, a couple who, uh, who loved reptiles and lizards. And I just felt like their facial traits <laughs> and expressions and behaviors, like they looked like lizards. And they just were in their it, own just little they were, they were ugly. world. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm just, not I'm at just all. kidding. It's, no, um, but I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. It's a fascination. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a definitely. fascination. Like my... My husband has a lot of personality <laughs> traits of a lion, and he's he's got nice. a mane going on. You know, his That's hairdo cool. is just out of control, <laughs> and he's a singer, and he's a powerful singer and oh, songwriter, cool. and so he's he's roaring. You know, and everything is making sense now that I'm paying more attention, uh-huh. and it's become my fascination in life of when I meet people. Hey, what animal have you been, or what? Because it explains. You know, I have another friend who wears her hair like a crab, like all the legs. You know, she's got like pussy uh-huh. hairdo. Uh-huh. And she moved. She moved to Florida because she loves the beach, and she's almost retired. And before she dies, like she wants to just walk on the beach, and that's what makes her feel alive. Nice. Just like crabs, you know, she feeds her soul. And so I came up with the concept. Just things about her. The more I, the more I knew her, and I'm like, you know, I think you've been a crab before. What do you think? And she lifts her sleeves and she shows me her crab tattoo. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, you know, this is so cool. <laughs> you knew awesome. you were a crab, and. So it explains a lot of things, and yeah, it, it just that way we don't have to feel so crazy about our little what makes you unique and what makes me unique. You know, um, it explains who we are, and it makes it makes us have peace with who we are in this incarnation. And we are a mix of the blend of all the other lifetimes that we've been. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's well, and again, good getting back to the whole star stuff thing. I mean, if we are, you know, we're all made of star stuff. Y- <clears throat> the example I use is you could take a, a cell phone case and you could take a uh, uh, plastic water bottle. 
to us, you melt them both down, it looks the same. It's it's plastic, you know. But in but when we're looking at sorry, when we're looking at each other, I had just hit the microphone. Uh, when we're looking at each other, we see different you know different uh, uh, uh-huh. ethnicities, different you know. The universe sees us all as just like we look at the plastic case and the water bottle. Oh, it's just plastic. The universe sees us all as that same star stuff, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's I I I'm definitely a believer in in there's more of a connection that we know and and maybe that's part of the whole reason of life is to come here and figure out that there is no difference. You know that's the yeah, lesson I mean, we learned. So yeah, I mean we all have the same life lessons, and I find that fascinating too because no matter what how you choose to go about your life, like what your passions are, we ultimately are here to learn the same things, just to be a good, balanced human exactly. being or. A good soul, I would say, because animals are, you know, I think learning the same things too. And so. definitely, yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, in in if sometimes, you know, some would argue and say that animals are, you know, the more advanced versions of us, you know, and maybe we come around multiple times as an animal, as a human, as a, you know, tree. Who knows, you know? Because again, we're all the same material. It's all the same, the same ingredients that's just being mixed into different, you know. Foods, so to speak, um, but uh, I, I do want to say, yeah, you know, it's it's. I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I I think we go back and I think we go back and forth. Like I don't, a human can go into an animal body and then come back as a human. Like whatever body you need to fulfill an incarnation and a life purpose. Like for example, if you if you have something to learn about giving birth, well, if you come back as a rabbit or a guinea pig, you know, you can learn the lesson within six months. Yes. But instead of as a human, you know, you have to wait 20 years. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. That's yeah, I I completely agree. That's uh, we, in fact, we just, uh, uh, my wife and I were talking about that the other day. There's a, there was a family of birds that uh, took over a sprinkler head uh, that's on the wall and they built a nest. And, you know, it, it seems like three weeks ago, the babies were, you know, they were, they were eggs, and now they're all left the nest. You know, I got a picture of all four of them the other day and they're gone, you know, and it was, it was at, at the latest, it was maybe mid-March that they were born, you know, cause we may not have seen them, but then we saw them hatch in May and here it is July, they're gone, you know, and it's just, it's kind of wild. It's quick. How, yeah, yeah. How life, you know, to yeah. us that's fast, but to them that's a full life cycle. So yeah, maybe we've come back. Yeah. We, for all we know, we've come back dozens of times. Yeah, so. I think so, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's uh one last thing I want to touch on is is I really I really personally uh, I I do want to commend you on the whole concept of the in-home euthanasia because my cat Saturn is a different cat when he goes to the vet. He hates the vet. He broke his knee when he was really little, like eight weeks old, and they had to do a special surgery on him. So he's hated the vet since he's been real little. And uh, um, the, the the thought of his last moments being in a place that he absolutely hates bothers me. You know, I'm hoping he goes naturally, but I also don't want to prolong it for our sake, you know. But in the same sense, it's yeah. like, you know, it's the concept of, of them being able to spend their last moments with loved ones in a place that they're comfortable with, I think is beautiful. I agree for all living beings, you know, yeah. for animals and people, because oh, there's yeah. no place like home uh, for sure. And I, I have a, I share a story in my book about Lee, who was a client of mine who ended up dying at home, but, and he was, he was in hospice when I, you know, he, he, he tried to die a few times and then they kept, they kept bringing him back. And anyway, he ended up in hospice and, and managed to get kicked out of hospice because he wanted to go die at home. Mm-hmm. And his will just took over his body that was dying. 
And he managed to feel so good that they said, okay, you can leave hospice. You're not dying. He went home to be with his cats and his wife. And four days later, he died, you know? So it's yeah. just so powerful what we can do and and trying to, yes, uh, achieve a beautiful and dignified passing That's my with dignity. Absolutely. My, my, my brother was fortunate enough to be able to do an in-home hospice, and he died at home. You know? Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's what everybody needs. For I, sure. I completely agree. That's you know that's how we should go. Unless you go, you know, being snuffed out quickly, you know, <laughs> without knowing it, kind of thing, where you don't know that it's going to happen. I.e., you know, uh, getting hit by a bus or you know something like that. You know, a, a rock falling on you off of a cliff. Um, if you know you're dying, I think the only way you should be dying is is at home. Yeah, or in nature. Or I'm in very nature, attracted yeah. to. I love nature, so I wouldn't mind being eaten by a pack of wolves. You know, I would. That would be a good meal for them. I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but um, it really suits me. You know, I no, have it's... this. Um, I have this concept, this theory that we died the way we live, and because I see that a lot. You know, people who have like you know, like we are sick the way we our personalities are too. So people that. Like for me, for example, I, 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 I'm very generous. I love helping animals. And if I could be a last meal, like my body could be a meal for this pack of wolves. My God, like that's better than, I don't want to be cremated. That scares me. I don't want to yeah. be embalmed, like stuffed with chemicals. That's oh, just yeah. disgusting. And then you go back into the earth full of chemicals. Like you'll never decompose. No, um, no. That's, so if, yeah, I if, like the, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I have, I have some Jewish friends and I really like the way they do it. Uh, just to wrap the body in like a linen or like a bamboo sheet. Uh, and within three days of death, you have to be put in the earth. Mm-hmm. So there is no embalming. And so I really, it's natural. I like everything that's natural. So that's my plan B. Maybe if I won't, you know, feed the wolves, then just putting me in the earth so I can feed the earthworms and uh, yeah. the bugs, you know, that's kind of comforting also. That's, yeah. Absolutely. I, in fact, I wasn't aware that, that uh, uh, Jewish faith did it so naturally um because there's there are services out there where you can be planted and then they put a tree on you you know yes the the pods i don't know that they're in the united states they they are I they're saw, doing it uh, yeah they are now okay, yeah good. yeah that's uh, my wife and i want to do it that way we're like you know forget Absolutely. being embalmed and all that mess you know but uh yeah and no cremation no yeah, cremation yeah. either right no you exactly. just get the whole body gets put in a pod yeah that's my nice. we've been doing that for tens of thousands of years you know so it's like yeah. stick us in the yeah. ground plant us we're part we're and yeah become fertilizer i but speaking of yeah. the wolves thing i was thinking you were saying you'd like to be eaten by wolves as a way to die i was like wow you're talking about if well, you die in nature <laughs> and then be eaten well, by wolves <laughs> i mean i'm i'm flexible it's a quick death it's a quick death if i'm it gonna is a quick death. me as well just i want a quick death i think i'm gonna have a quick death because i'm all about just get it done like when yeah. i have a project to do or when i get sick like if i get a cold my husband is jealous but when i get sick i look like i'm dying for 12 hours and then i'm just back on like okay let's move to the next you know next challenge but you, and so some people have really long drawn out illnesses but for me it's just okay let's get this over with and so i'm hoping that that's going to be the way i go too yeah i just i picture have you ever seen the movie the gray with liam no. neeson <laughs> Basically, long story short, I don't want to ruin it for people. It's for those of you who've seen the movie The Gray. Uh, uh, it's not a particularly great movie, but basically, it, okay, I'm just gonna give it away. Spoiler alert: If you don't want to hear the ending of The Gray, it's a movie that's like six years old now. Anyway, so he uh, uh, they survive a plane crash and they're being hunted by this pack of wolves. 
And so it finally comes down to a final stand, and he's taking duct tape or uh, electrical tape and taping bottles, smashed off broken bottles to his hand, and he goes out without a f- or goes out with a fight. And of course, he'd kill him. But <laughs> I can picture yeah. you just you know being like, okay, I'm going to take at least one of you out with me. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I would just. You I would just let him I'm do ready, it. Yeah. I'd have to go yeah, out like just... Liam Neeson at least. <laughs> I'll just go take a nice walk, and, and I've already, I, I, I kind of felt the need to tell my mom, because God forbid something happens, that I go before her, and, and that's how I go. Like, I don't want her to feel bad for me, because when I see animals, like, I, I love, I see I see end-of-life chapters, you know, in, in people's homes, like situations, and like a family is leaving or moving out, and then the cat dies, and the cat gets eaten by, an, by a hawk. Um, you know, animals help each other with this whole exit door thing and euthanasia. That's interesting. And I, re- yeah. I respect that a lot. You know, it's, it's quick. And that's why, like, instead of dying like a drawn-out, you know, old and suffering and old animals dying in the wild of just really slowly, like, ugh, I hate that. So if somebody, you know, can help you out and kill you quickly and then eat off of you, like, that's kind of a win-win situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, and and again, it, it's it's you well, and and I will not argue with the fact that this could have been something you planned. You know, I mean, there are theories that you 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 lay out your whole life before you come down. You're like, yeah, you know what? And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to survive this. Uh, this I might take this as an option, an exit point, but uh, I'll probably get eaten by a bear. Let's try that one. <laughs> you know, so. Who knows, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, because... until then. <laughs> yeah. T- time is irrelevant. I think it, time is going on all around us at all times right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's... Uh, yeah. We think so linear. We think so limited as a species. But, uh, yeah. I, uh, well, hey, I got to say, I really I really enjoyed our talk. Um, I'm so glad <laughs> you were able to join. Um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely bring you on again at some point uh, if you're up for it. You know, just to kind of get more into the... Uh, the concept of the, uh, you know, the in-home euthanasia, I think, uh, is something I, I, I'm from Michigan, so I'm aware of the controversy that happened with Jack Kevorkian, you know, and a lot of people were really up in the air about that, but, uh, he had know. the right, he had the, he had the right idea for sure. And I really feel his pain because if I was not able to end the suffering and to just watch those animals die and suffer yeah. without being able to help, you know, that would drive me completely insane. And I think that's why he was, you know, trying to help. And yeah, uh, we, there's so much more we can talk about. Of course, um, I would love to. You know, we need to. We need a few few hours to go over <laughs> everything. <laughs> we'll do a whole series of just us talking about that. But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, but you know, it's it's again, it's it's whether you agreed with it or not, from religious standpoints, from from ethical standpoints, from what his intentions, you know, were was what was mattering. You know, that's all. His intentions were loving. Yeah, it it was love. And yeah, if you care about your neighbor and you care about one another, you don't want suffering for anyone. So there's definitely ways we can help each other. So absolutely. So, well, hey, Joanne, I do appreciate it. Again, I uh, enjoyed the conversation, and uh, you know, hopefully, you're not eaten by wolves. But uh, if you are, I will. I'll at least write something about it on my podcast, you know. <laughs> no, but I do. It was I, great talking to you. Yeah, hopefully we have another opportunity before it's too late. Before so it's we'll too see late. what happens there. You got it. Hopefully I don't check out, you know. But if I do, just remember, hey, I'll, I'll be watching you. <laughs> okay, thanks. Same here. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. And that was my conversation with Dr. Joanne Lefevre. 
she has a very comforting way to talk about a very uncomfortable subject, and that's death and dying and the ones being left behind. If you want to check out her book, it is Animal Teachings from Haley's Angels Method. I will put a link to that in the description so you can get that at any time. I highly recommend checking that out. I definitely say if you know somebody who seems like they're going soon or they are on their way out, maybe throw a little going away party instead of a funeral. You know, and in the meantime, have yourself a good day and have yourself a good life. Don't get eaten by wolves. <laughs>